Democrats, 90s kids, and early honors, it's Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. I am Sam. I'm Rachel. And we are a real-life married couple with a little bit of an age difference. That's for sure. Yeah, big age difference. Oh, yeah. Some might call it a generation gap. A whole gap, yeah. And each week on this podcast, we are going to introduce each other to a topic that is near and dear to our hearts from our own generation in an effort to bridge said gap. <laughs> That's right. And this week's topics are a doozical. We say that every week, That's but we don't true. use the word doozical because it's not a word. It is a word in this home and in this house. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the amount of times you've said doozical to me <laughs> and I have to pretend like it's a real word is staggering. Oh, you are such a lucky guy. I am a lucky guy. All right. Well, this week's topics are Kids Incorporated and all that. Rachel. What the hell is Kids Incorporated? It sounds like a sweatshop. <laughs> Kids Incorporated was a children's TV show in the 80s and 90s about a child-fronted rock band that performed at a venue called The Place. <laughs> That's not a name of a venue. Uh, and all that is a, a sketch show for kids acted by kids. Uh, think of like a kid's version of Saturday Night Live. Sounds like we know a lot about this week's topics, but there was a time, oh, let's say one week ago, where we were a little less informed. Some may call us in the dark. Absolutely. I still feel a little in the dark, but yeah. there's going to be a noticeable difference between now and past Sam, Sam and Rachel. And Rachel. Sam, turn a light on. I can't, Rachel, because it's time for In the Dark, the segment where Sam and Rachel interview each other just to find out how much we know about this week's topics. And this week's topics are doozies. That's right. Sam, what do you know about Kids Incorporated? Everything I know about Kids Incorporated has to do with you singing it at me <laughs> in our lives. What, what did I sing? You're like, Kids Incorporated. <laughs> We're kids and we act and we sing and we dance. Oh, yeah, Kids Incorporated. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's a Billy Joel song. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> we didn't find it, but we tried. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, like, based on us pairing up these topics, that it's like kids do different, like, sketches or songs or dances mm. or characters or something. Okay. And I remember you telling me something like they all live at a, a coffee shop <laughs> that's also a stage or something. <laughs> you know too much. Yeah. You're I not always in the do. dark I'm enough. I'm a smart guy. Ugh. You're always less in the dark than I am. I'm just walking around with a blindfold. Do you have any questions that's hilarious for me to not know? Uh, can you name any famous cast members from Kids Incorporated? Um, yes. Um, uh, uh, Carl Reiner. <laughs> yes. Famous Brett child. <laughs> famous child, Carl Reiner. <laughs> Tom Brady. Okay. So yeah. you know it well. Yeah. Oh, All yeah. right. Big fan. <laughs> Rachel, what do you know about all that? Um, I know that it is a sketch comedy show, or I think it is a sketch comedy yeah, show. Yeah, your inflection sounds like you don't know that. And is that with Kenan Thompson? Again, and another question. I think it's with Kenan Thompson. Okay. I made it into a statement. What are you, my level one improv teacher? Correct. <laughs> yes, and I 
get paid too little for this shit. Um, yeah, that's what I think. That's I what you know. know. Okay, so and I don't know if that's even true. Okay, so in the nineties, maybe I want you to name as many cast members as you can from all that. Okay, Keenan Thompson. Okay, and based on our conversations when we were planning this episode, I'm gonna guess Amanda Bynes. Okay, mm-hmm. is that all you got? Uh, no, also. Herbie Hancock. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Carl the, Reiner, I believe. Yeah, Carl Reiner and the singer of the Eagles, Herbie Hancock. Now, um, the singer of the Eagles, Herbie Hancock. Isn't that right? No. Who's Herbie Hancock? He's like a famous jazz musician. Hold on. Google. Well, get Denise to Google it. Denise. Denise, can you get in here for a second? God, ever since American you moved into jazz the pianist. Hmm. One point, Rachel. Sam. Zero. Hold Zero. on, hold on. Herbie Hancock, Eagles. Um, Eagles? Who are you thinking of? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I we'll get Denise know. to give us a full report. Do you all have right. any more questions for me? Yes. Uh, can you name any sketches that came out of all that? Yes. There was, uh, that's not pizza, that's my toe. Oh my God. I guarantee there is something <laughs> that's close to that. that is There's also right the, the famous... Money. Mmm, peanuts. Oh, God. You could have written for all that. You would have been really good. Uh, and then, like, any spinoffs or great successes from the show? Um, well, um... Do you know no. what channel it was on? Disney Channel? Okay. No, no. I don't know. No. Nickelodeon is okay. my guess. And any spinoffs or successes? Zero. Any major Kenan, major motion pictures? Kenan went on to be on SNL for 60 years. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> well, I guess that's all we know now. Back to you, future, future Sam and Rachel. Rachel. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow, you thought Herbie Hancock was a frontman for the Eagles. It seems like the Generation Gap episode <laughs> we wanted to do was about the Eagles and Herbie Hancock and a little bit of Tom Brady. But I just think of the Eagles as like the whitest band there could be. Mm-hmm. And then you have like this famous black jazz musician. It's just kind of funny. Interesting. I think of Steely Dan as the whitest band. To be been. fair, there's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. 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 There's a lot of them. You can't throw a dart. All right. Well, we were pretty much in the dark back then, but I feel uh, a little more enlightened. Uh, I also learned re-listening to In the Dark that we do say the word doozy a lot. Right. But again, on the podcast, we've never brought in doozical. Because again, Rachel, other people will not understand. It's a great word. Doozical. You guys get it, right? It's a doozy of a doozy. Yeah, exactly. It's a fucking doozical. All right. So... Who should start today? Should we go in chronological order? We should go in gender order. Ladies first. Wow. That's very <laughs> nice. Okay. Great. We're talking about Kids Incorporated. K-I-D-S. Yeah. Oh, man. Looks like we've made it. Such a classic. I can't believe you sang that theme song without saying yeah 30 times. There's so many yes. <laughs> Well, at the end, it has like an I like so for anyone who hasn't seen it in a while, the Kids Incorporated theme song and intro is just as amazing as you remember it. <laughs> it is so 80s slash 90s. It's perfection. But yeah, there's a lot of yes, including K, clap, 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 I, clap, 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 D, S. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah. 
great show about uh, a child rock band. Is that uh, what it is? Is that one what you would call it? I don't know. I don't understand what they do. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, it there there are pop music performances in every episode. Yes. Uh, as the kids would work out the issues of the episode mm-hmm. through music, you know? Uh, so, I'll give you, maybe I'll give you a little history of, or uh, let me explain the show maybe first a little bit more. Okay. So for those who hadn't seen it in 30 years, like me, or had never seen it, like Sam, uh, each episode begins with the band and it's like a band of like pop, it's pop rock and it's like children and they're performing on stage at the place. And I did find out today that uh, to your point from earlier that it used to be called the palace but if you look at the theater venue or whatever it is bar whatever uh the a is burned out of the sign and so that's why it's called the place oh really which to me is like perfect because you know we had the peach pit for 90210 friends have central park these kids they had the place and looking back on some of my childhood like sketch writing, I felt like I, I was very uninvent unimaginative. But when I look at the fact that my favorite TV show band played at a place called The Place, maybe that explains it. It's not that I was unimaginative. It was just the time. Do not blame Kids Incorporated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyway, each episode begins with them performing a number. Of course, at the end of the number, they have their iconic hand-in-the-air ending, as always. Which I will say is kind of ironic because uh, there's a little thing I do whenever Rachel and I are taking pictures (laughs) where I say, hands for energy, like put out your palms Mm -hmm. and your fingers wide so it looks like... It's an exciting photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rachel famously hates it. Well, that's very um, Broadway cheesy. And this is very pop cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I so, promise you, audience, it's not different. It's um, not different. Now, after this uh, first number, there'd be a short scene that would set up the plot uh, before the band returned to the stage for a second musical number. Uh, and then as the plot unfolded and the episode unfolded, two more songs would be performed usually off stage in like a dream or fantasy sequence uh, fronted by whoever in the cast was spotlighted that week. So if it was Stephanie's week, she'd sing the solo and it's kind of their way of getting away from the place into the dream world uh, where they'd explore the plot through songs. And then of course they'd come back to the reality. And in the final minutes of the show, the plot would immediately resolve (laughs) everyone would be like and that's great and then the band would perform a closing number on stage which always thematically related to the plot Mm -hmm. and did we find out with the songs if they're all covers or if there's a mix of original and covers we did uh, I believe it was Wikipedia or one of the websites I read this week that told me each episode consisted of one original number and then usually five covers something four or five previously recorded songs by other artists five mm-hmm. yeah there's at least there's like five or six songs in every episode whoa yeah and they're I, only half hour episodes that's... yeah well there's very little plot yeah that's true that's true <laughs> um but i did i did want to point out that the structure of the show uh this kind of structure of a show would later be partially adopted by shows like glee 
where it's like there's a musical group, there's some kind of plot happening, and then they work through that plot thematically through cover songs. All right. You yeah. know? Yeah. It, you know, I'll get into some of the history of the show, but it found a home eventually on the Disney Channel after a, a very brief stint on a Christian network as well, which I'll get into. <laughs> um, but it's funny because they sang a lot of these covers, including a video I just watched about an hour ago of them doing Jump Around by House of Pain, mm-hmm. which is so funny. So there's a lot of them doing covers of songs that notoriously have like bad words in them for mm-hmm. children. And then they rewrite them and, and, and make them, you know, radio friendly or kid friendly, which is just so friggin' funny. Uh, the show ran for nine seasons and was on air with some breaks here and there, which were kind of confusing. Uh, but overall it was like 1985 to 1994 or maybe it was 1994 to 19 or it was either nine or 10 years basically. Um, so yeah, the, uh, in, in the dark, we talked a little bit about famous alum. Now, when you and I were watching some episodes of kids incorporated, yes. by the way, fans at home, there are full episodes on YouTube. It's super fun. Um, and we're watching and I was trying to get Sam to guess one of the famous people, uh, before he could guess, he goes, that girl's the worst one. (laughs) And I was like, that's the famous one. Um, So do you know who it is? Yes. So I think that while we were watching, I remembered a previous conversation we had had, you know, when we first, when you first brought up Kids Incorporated and I'm like, humana, humana, what? And we're like, put it in the generation gap. Um, I believe it's Stacy Ferguson and that, uh, that led me, that was the clue I needed because it, I believe it's Fergie, mm-hmm. Stacey Ferguson. Because I was like, it. one of these people's famous, so how come I don't know their name? They must go <laughs> by a different name, Stacey Ferguson. <laughs> and I'll be real, Fergie, not the best child actor I've ever seen. No, no. not at all. Um, but I do think she improves because she was cast so young. And actually, she she was one of, she, she was the Keenan of this show of kids incorporated. She was the longest running cast member on the show. She was there from season one to season six. And during her time on the show, she went from the youngest cast member to the oldest cast member. Mm. (laughs) So I do think she gained more confidence and stuff as she went along. We watched to prepare for this episode. We only watched like two episodes and Oh man, when I started watching other clips online, I was like, Oh, I wish we watched more, but it's hard because apparently we have jobs and lives and stuff. Um, so that's one of the famous people that was in that episode. But there are a lot of famous alum of this show. Uh, one is this singer named Martika, who I highly doubt you would know who she is, but she was in the early, like first and second season, maybe third season as well. Her big hit song was Toy Soldiers. Do you know that song? It was like, Step by step, heart to heart. So she was the one of the main singers on the show uh, before Is that she about left. about her time on Kids Incorporated? <laughs> I doubt Was she a toy soldier? <laughs> I doubt it. But she was a big hit and she, people really liked her internationally. And uh, Prince famously co-wrote four of her songs. I thought you were about to tell me Prince was on Kids Incorporated. (laughs) No, sorry. (laughs) No, that would have been amazing. No. Other famous alum from the show, Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, wow. Um, 
I was excited to see Shanice was in there. I doubt you know who she is, but she she was a singer uh, in the 90s. I love your smile. Do, 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 do. Uh, she was great and then um, remember there was a singer Renee Sands is her name when she came on the screen I was like I loved that girl and she had like one yeah. of the best voices on the show Yeah. so I looked her up um, and she provided the singing voice for uh, Princess Fiona in Shrek what? yeah is it Princess Fiona? Fiona yeah. Princess Fiona yeah in Shrek so that was a fun fact that's interesting yeah, at one point in time, she and Fergie and another girl were in like a, a girl group, singing group as well, called mm. Wild Orchid. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I so I was thinking about like, why haven't you heard of, like, what what happened to this show in history? Right. Because before you met me, I don't think you had ever heard of it. No. And it sounds like ugh, there were a lot of issues with production and cable network bullshit. And I have some of it here. If this is boring, we can cut it out. But... I do think that because of network executives, it really affected the legacy of this show. Uh, I've got a guess. Was it because they had five copyrighted cover songs in each episode? (laughs) I imagine that's going to be terrible for syndication. Weirdly, that's interesting. Um, I didn't see anything about that. Okay. Yeah. But that would probably be even more of an issue now. <laughs> um, but it's funny you mentioned syn- syndicated. So it was a syndicated show instead of carried on one channel, which I didn't really know what that was. So I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically not every t- TV series has a network home. Syndication is when a show, rather than being exclusive to a single network and shown at like a specific time on CBS the same day every week... It's sold to individual stations and they can air them as they wish. Yeah, it's like why, you know, like a show like Seinfeld or something is on a bunch of local stations, not just NBC or it could be on TBS and stuff. Once a show has a certain amount of episodes, it can be eligible for syndication. Yes. However, this show was on syndication immediately, which means it didn't have the following yet. It wasn't like it went into reruns. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was always in syndication. That's how it started. So that meant that it was on at different times in different local channels. Mm -hmm. So it was very hard for it to have that national following. Mm. Yeah. and then after the first season, one of the production companies filed for bankruptcy, so it was passed on to another. And then after the second season, the show was canceled due to low ratings in syndication. Again, that was probably because of all the shuffling of the right. times in different time slots. Eventually, reruns were picked up by this Christian network. Mm-hmm. And because of those positive ratings, it convinced Disney Channel to put the show back into actual production, and then they started making new seasons again. Mm. So it 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 went into reruns in the middle of it and then went back into production again. Yeah, and, and I, I don't want to burn any material for a future episode, but where does this coincide chronologically with the Mickey Mouse Club and Disney? Um, yeah, so, so dear listener, we were debating back and forth for a while. Should we do a Kids Incorporated and Mickey Mouse Club in the same mm-hmm. one or same episode, or should we split those into different ones? Um, we obviously decided to save Mickey Mouse Club for the future. Um, I think, well, my memory says they were on around the same time. Yeah. Um, but we all know my memory is shit. Um, yeah, no, I think I was right. It, it was around the same time. So 
it, it, both this show and the Mickey Mouse Club were on the Disney Channel and launched a lot of childhood stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Mickey Mouse Club was more is more famous, more well known, obviously. Um, so yeah. Uh, by the way, that wasn't the last time bankruptcy affected the show. There were like other production companies that it, it was just passed around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it did have four platinum selling albums of cover tracks by the cast that were released while the show was in syndication early on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that a lot of that is the reason that it doesn't have that legacy that maybe the Mickey Mouse Club does. Right. Also, it didn't have Britney Spears. Right. But it has like Jennifer Love Hewitt and like all of these people yeah. and Fergie, Fergalicious. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really seemed in those early seasons like she didn't, she couldn't sing. In fact, a lot of them felt like they couldn't sing. <laughs> yeah. The, I, you know, when we watched yours and then we watched mine, like the, the, quality, the quality of the child <laughs> acting was wildly different. It was also uh, scripts. Um, oh, yeah. One of my... So I'm, I'm kind of going now into my personal thoughts okay. on how this relates to me. But um, yeah, the scripts feel super basic. They felt like they were just a launching pad, like placeholder for the songs. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, all right, well, we want her to sing, um, you know, Don't Stand So Close to Me. So maybe the dialogue should be about how someone stepped on your toe. You know, like it was like, <laughs> really? That's it? You know? Um, but oh man, I recognized all of the cast immediately. And initially I thought, like, oh my God, we picked the right season to watch. But then I realized I think I just watched a lot of seasons of this show. This was the perfect show for me. I was a child who thought of herself as a pop star as a singer as a performer i the moment we were watching this you saw me i had so many feelings like the nostalgia the emotions i just i i weirdly felt the show in my bones i can't tell you how many times i wrote that down in my notes granted i was mega stoned but still i i think that this show had an impact on little rachel rosenthal Probably more than any other thing we've covered so far on this podcast. Yeah, I feel like sometimes you're like, I guess this thing happened during my generation, <laughs> yeah. but I don't have any personal connection. This is the first one where I feel like you've been oh my uh, God. deeply enriched by going back in time. Here. Yeah, I mean, the moment we heard the song and saw them, I was just like, I remember everything. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean... You know, looking back, like when we're looking at this now in 2023, is this the coolest? No. (laughs) But to me, this was the coolest thing I've ever seen. They're living the dream life that I want. You like live and work at like a, I don't know, a A place. (laughs) You live and work at the place. The place, not a place. Yeah, and then you just, like, perform and sing songs, and then you go backstage, and it's just, like, there's beanbag chairs and, like, ice cream and soda pop, and it's just, like, (laughs) super cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, also, like, just their outfits. You know, they're wearing tights, huge socks, pink plastic hoop earrings. Like, I wanted bangs more than anything. 
I wanted bangs so badly. My mom said I couldn't have bangs because I quote didn't have enough hair. Did I ever tell you this? Yes. Okay. I probably talked about it. This on the reminds show. me of when your mom said that she was allergic to dogs. And she wasn't. And then <laughs> years later it turns out she wasn't. She just didn't want to get a dog. Moms. Um I do have a similar note here that I wrote down, uh, and there's periods in between all these words, which is what is everyone wearing? <laughs> What is going Just on? So much fluorescent colors. I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast where I feel like 80s fashion and the music and everything that like signifies that it's from the 1980s feels like it's fake. Like it's <laughs> not like inauthentic. I mean, like actually contrived. No one ever actually wore those things. I did. This is just like the media that people were presented <laughs> and we all agreed to never talk about it again. I can show you some photos, uh, but like I inherited a lot of clothes from my older cousins, like uh, Abby and Shauna mm-hmm. and Jess. And like, I had like fluorescent bedazzled sweatshirts and shorts and I wore two different colored socks you know i mean that was that was all the the rage but i didn't have bangs so i couldn't fully pull it off i would try to spray paint what hair i had not spray paint i would try to hairspray whatever hair i had up as high as i could but it just they knew they knew i was faking it yeah Um, like the feathered hair like the distressed hair that women had like in the 80s women wanted to have the biggest hair they could like you volume was king in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, now that I think about it, a lot of fashion trends for women are exactly that. It's wear high heels, wear big hair. We're just trying to take yeah, up huge space. Huge shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah. We're just trying to take up space so that these men will get out of our way. Oh, really? Then why did I also write down <laughs> every 80s boy that's supposed to look hot? Oh, yeah, they're unquote, tiny. The boys were tiny. Always <laughs> looks like a stockbroker with a mullet, I wrote down. <laughs> Every 80s boy. It's just like mullets are everywhere. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And I also wrote down, just because you can doesn't mean you should, in parentheses, <laughs> 80s hair. <laughs> oh, my God. I loved it. Um, yeah. It, it was it was so much fun. Um, you know, the, the one thing I didn't remember that we watched and, and it came back to me was like, after each, so they'd they'd re, they'd visit a plot, they'd go to a fantasy land to explore it, and then they'd come back and they'd be like, "Well, I guess I was wrong about cheese or whatever." <laughs> like, it was just tidied up in this very neat and stupid bow. Um, so they'd come back, they'd get the moral or lesson, and th- this was actual lines from the show that I wrote down, actual lines that made it through in the script. Thanks, Ryan. That story was fun. And I was wrong. The good old days really were the good old days. More like the great days. Yeah. Yeah, that feels right. <laughs> Is that not insanity? Insanity. Um All right. But the main thing that I wanted to mention is that this show was clearly the inspiration for my songwriting start Mm. Um, in previous episodes. If you go back to season one and you listen to the pop princesses episode, you know, I had recordings uh, from from that time from of me singing Madonna and all these songs. And I I talked to the audience like there was an audience. I'd be like. 
Thank you. My next song, right? I thought I was a pop star, but this is kind of where that began and where my songwriting really began. Now, what I wanted to do for this episode is pull out my songwriting book, which I have from 1988. Mm -hmm. It is in this house somewhere, but I could not freaking find it. Uh, we still have some boxes. <laughs> so unfortunately, <laughs> we're just going to have to play a clip of Arrows and Things. Ooh, that is a classic. Uh, no, but I... I no, I, I mean it. <laughs> we, we can, can put a clip of Arrows and Things in here. That's better. The audience isn't going to appreciate your songwriting book, <laughs> Rachel. They want to hear the songs because they can't read the book on the podcast. Well, don't worry. I'm about to sing one for you. Oh, dang. This is an original song that I wrote in 1980. The song is older than me. It's called Life. When I think of the world in a different way, it gets differenter. Mm-hmm. When you stop to think, you really turn pink. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But when you're alive, you really have something. It's called life. Life. L-I-F-E, it's called life, life, L-I-F-E. You want to learn something, but school is really troubling you. Ooh, so what you gonna do? You guys know it. Just remember life. Life. Woo, L-I-F-E, it's called life. Life. <laughs> L-I-F-E. It's called life. <laughs> wow. What a treat. <laughs> wow. You say it's very inspired by oh, so uh, inspired. Kids Incorporated, but I hear a lot of Billy Joel in that. Well, life. everything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> everything from my childhood had a little Billy Joel in it. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I really am thankful that we got to watch it. Uh, I thoroughly felt things I hadn't felt in a long time. Mm -hmm. Did you have any other thoughts you wanted to share about Kids Incorporated? I will say for my 90s kids and early otters that, um, Kids Incorporated is essentially Kids Bop, the TV show. Rachel, are you familiar with Kids Bop? Um, I've heard that phrase. Kids Bop is a series of albums where kids sing popular pop songs um, and clean them up if necessary. But they're like kid voices yeah. doing covers of pop songs. Uh, and that's what this show is. It's Kids Bop and then some l- weird, loose, imaginative plot and then Kids Bop again. But don't you think it's cool that they get to like go on a stage and there's an audience? Like I It's dreamt, cool for those characters, you mean? Well, I just dreamt that that was me. Like yeah. I wanted to be on that stage so badly. Yeah. I really did. And you know, I looking back, I feel bad for little Rachel because that seemed an impossible dream, but I know it's not. It wasn't. It's just you had to have sure you parents were... who lugged you to auditions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm sure you were just as talented as those kids. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. That's yeah. all I needed. Yeah. Um, and I did obviously starting in 1992 or something join my sketch and improv group, which we'll talk about because it really uh, goes into your topic. Um, yeah, so and kind of away. bridging these two things, I was a little surprised that um, Kids Incorporated did not have a laugh track. 
Mm, yeah, there was like no live, there was no in-studio audience. There was for the songs, but not for the sketches. Oh, weird. The Wait, sketches... I would not call them sketches. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They're not sketches. It's not a comedy sketch show. If it was, it was really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's talk all that. All right. Um, all that. It's an American sketch comedy television series from 1994 to 2005-ish. Again, this show also had issues with like being canceled, being picked up again, blah, blah, blah. And truthfully, what we're going to focus on is really the first six seasons. So that's like 94 to 2000, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, The show featured such performers as Lori Beth Denberg, Kel Mitchell, Josh Server, Amanda Bynes, Leon Frierson, Danny Tamborelli, Nick Cannon, Gabriel Iglesias, and, of course, Kenan Thompson. Um, quite a star-studded affair here, Rachel. Can you believe that Gabriel Iglesias was on a season of all that? Are you familiar with this? No. He's a like a, a stand-up comedian. Oh. He's like... Famously, he calls himself like a heavy set um, yeah, comedian. That's what I'm picturing. I, yes. Yeah, I remember that guy. He was on one season of all that. Wait, but who's the other person who has. Oh, I was thinking Enrique Iglesias when you first said it. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, yeah. Gabriel Iglesias. Also, we've got Nick Cannon. Also, yeah, and Nick Cannon now has 60 children. That's correct. And he could He could form. Ten all that. Yeah, absolutely. He, and brethren. he was surrounded by children at this time. Maybe it inspired him. Who knows? <laughs> Danny Tamborelli from, of course, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Uh, and then a lot of these people would just become Nickelodeon regulars. Because that's the thing we haven't talked about yet, is that this show was on Nickelodeon. Okay, it. I was a Nickelodeon kid. There was Disney, and there was Nickelodeon. There was Coke, and there was Pepsi. And for me... In the early 90s, mid-90s, and late 90s, if you were watching television, it was Nickelodeon. The movies, I think we can give to Disney. Those animated musicals will always stay with me. But the TV shows, all that just had something that the others didn't. Hmm. I mean, why would I watch something like this? Dashing and daring, courageous and caring. Right. Why would I be watching that when I could watch this? It's not good to bite off more than you can chew, especially if what you're chewing on is a human brain. <laughs> and then he eats a human brain. That kind of just like edgy, goofy, gross out stuff was so funny to me as a kid. I watched the game shows, the award shows, the cartoons, and of course, all that. All right. And it was because it was funny. When we watched it, we're watching this back. This is a comedy that is a, sometimes 20 years old, uh, or um, no, 20, over 20 years old geared for kids and we would be laughing out loud at some of the moments you know Mm -hmm. partly because it's like what but like i laughed out loud it was very funny i mean we've got uh very memorable sketches uh in the first six seasons here such as 
Good Burger, Everyday French with PRS Cargo, The Adventures of <laughs> Super Dude, Walter the Ear Boy, Vital Information, Ask Ashley, Loud Librarian, Detective Dan, Repair Man, 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 and Miss Piddlin. Um, yeah, I, I really liked Ask Cargo. Yeah, I wrote down a couple <laughs> PRS Cargos here. There's, hey, stop licking my kangaroo, and <laughs> kiss me under the baloney tree, and may I take a nap in your nose? <laughs> And like for anyone who hasn't seen this, which I hadn't, it's yeah. just Keenan Thompson in a bathtub doing a French accent. He's clearly reading cue cards. Oh yeah. And he just Still reads is. a exactly. He he reads a sentence in French and then translates it. And they're all silly phrases like Kiss me under the baloney tree. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. And he almost breaks and it's perfectly Keenan. Yeah, all the things have a very like avant-garde or I think like later we'd call this like so random right was like kind of the vibe of the humor Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like I don't know there wasn't a moral lesson in a lot of these Nickelodeon shows and especially all that is a sketch comedy show so there's no like preachiness there's no like moral of the story which like if you're a kid everything you watch is like trying to make you a better person and trying to instill these like values in you. And it was very comforting for me as a kid to watch something that felt like these were kids doing silly things. Yeah. I feel like that's a really big difference between Nickelodeon and Disney channel. And, and, and I also watched a lot of Nickelodeon growing up, but it was different, Mm -hmm. but, um, there was still like, getting slimed it's just like so random like to your point right whereas disney channel was so like pure and moralistic and and whatever which is why it was hilarious when they had scandal but right yeah yeah and i'm sure there's no shortage of scandals in nickelodeon too but never (laughs) um but yeah like a lot of like people being hit with things there's so much physical (laughs) damage and humor going on in these sketches um but the main thing that stood out to me on rewatch which i didn't remember was how diverse this show was yeah Um, casting wise yeah yeah absolutely uh i read an, an atlantic article it said when All That debuted in 1994, television was still primarily segregated by race. We're talking about 1994. Like popular sitcoms like Seinfeld, where the cast is entirely white. Or Martin, where the cast is entirely black. Or even Saturday Night Live, which was dominated by male white comedians, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the show producers for All That wanted to make a show that reflected both the audience and also sought to like... Uh, bring out a variety of musical acts like alternative, hip-hop, and R&B. Uh, to embrace the diversity. And it's like, it's true. Rachel, you guessed that the All That theme song was by Salt and Pepper, But that's not far off. It was by TLC. Oh, TLC. I mixed them up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two, two acts that I loved yeah. in growing up. So that makes sense. And it's so funny. You watch the intro and it's just like hip hop and it's like New York subways and it's like so urban and like, New York centric. And this show was filmed in California and Florida. <laughs> so um, that they were kind of borrowing some, I don't know, SNL authenticity there. Um, but the show was uh, very successful. Um, Keenan and Kel 
uh, obviously, uh, stars of Good Burger and many of the sketches here, uh, left after the first five seasons. Uh, so there was one more regular season before the show was kind of like canceled, interrupted. They did like live tours of like music and stuff for a while. Music. Yeah. I think it was just like an all that music tour and they might have like the people come on stage and do stuff, but mm. then it was like mainly a concert. Hmm. So, uh, did they sing kids in Corpo? No, no, Weird. you know, they never did. And in all my research, I was waiting because usually <laughs> when I'm researching my things, it's like, and this is because of the thing that Rachel was doing. <laughs> Didn't come up once. They stole this from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, they did well, not steal this from Kids Incorporated. To be fair, the, the one-to-one Kids Incorporated versus all that or meets all that, it's not a one-to-one. One is musical, one is sketch comedy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It's just like, it felt close though when we were watching. I think um, if we had done Mickey Mouse Club, I think that would have been a little bit more. Oh, that Mickey was Mouse, more sketches. More sketches? Yeah, I <laughs> if I recall. I don't remember. Um, but this also had several spinoffs, including The Amanda Show, uh, which is fantastic. It, it's just a continuation. Keenan and Kel. And I want to, I just want to, there was a show called Keenan and Kel. Okay. There was also a show called All That featuring Keenan and Kel. Okay. I thought that. All that happened, and then they quit and spun off and did Keenan and Cal. That is not true. They were doing them both at the same time. That's amazing. Uh, you wonder where Keenan gets his worth work ethic from. Right. Himself. Uh, and the powers that be at Viacom. Uh, also, the Nick Cannon show spun off from here, and including the Good Burger movie. That's what I was trying to get you to guess, In the Dark. There was a Good Burger movie. All the Nickelodeon movies came in an orange VHS. I remember that so distinctly. The Rugrats movie, um, Good Burger. I remember on our VHS collection being able to quickly tell which movies were for me because the cassette was bright orange. I remember when I remember Good Burger being, I, don't, I never saw it, but I didn't realize at the time that it was like a sketch made into a movie, yeah. like a Wayne's World. Exactly. It's, or a, it's yeah. the uh, all that Wayne's World. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, the show did uh, end in 2000, but did actually come back in 2019 with Keenan and Kel as producers. Uh, the show ran for 35 episodes with an all new cast, but many of the old cast members kind of like... Uh, made appearances and stuff uh, until 2020 shut production down. Um, but there's also been numerous reunions with the cast, including at Comic-Con, on Nick Cannon's show Wild Now. You familiar, Rachel? Of course. Yeah. And uh, even a Good Burger reunion on Jimmy Fallon. They like did like a Good Burger sketch on Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about the man of the evening. And that's Kenan Thompson. Okay. Kenan Thompson was on All That slash Kenan and Kel from 1996 to 2000. Okay? And he's been on SNL since 2003. Yeah. Meaning that outside of a three-year period where he filmed seven movies and several TV shows, (laughs) he's been doing sketch comedy on TV for 27 years. That's insane. Isn't that wild? That's so great. Wait, when did... Uh, when did um, all that start? 94? 96. Whoa. Wait, no. Hold on. I think it was 94. It was 94. 
So he was 16. So it's, it's, it's 29 years. Wow. Is it going to be 30 years of Keenan doing sketch comedy? Again, th- that minus three years. But that this is, is the career I want. <laughs> yes. He is such a stalwart member. And it's so funny because in every episode of All That, it starts out with a cold open of like the green room of like the cast. And there's like some like goofy thing that happens. Um, like Amanda Bynes is like putting too many popcorn kernels in the popcorn maker. And they're like, stop doing that. And then it's like, I'll turn it on. And then the whole room fills with popcorn. Um, And then there's a popcorn shark in there. You know what I mean? It's just so (laughs) silly, so ridiculous. But I just feel like Keenan was made for the life of a sketch comedian more than any other human being that's ever lived. He's an icon. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, But as a kid, my favorite was Cal. Well, so... Yeah, I didn't know much about Cal. I just know of him yeah. because Keenan and Cal. Yeah. Um, and when he burst into this, those sketches, I mean, he was a scene stealer. He oh, was a, yeah. He was the Will Ferrell like that. You know, I yeah. felt like what Will Ferrell was at his time at SNL, Kel was to this show. Every character was hilarious and just like blew everybody else away. Yeah. Like, he did, like, kind of like a, we saw an episode of Super Dude, um, <laughs> where Kel played Yo Girl, one of um, Super Dude's nemesis, and, like, it was so, like, the jargon Kel was using, and granted, like, it's written, but, like, he's embodying it so well. It's so funny. It was hilarious. Um, so, on to my, like, personal connection, right? I remember being a young boy in a small town watching Nickelodeon day and night. I'd, I'd watch all the shows. Like I said, it didn't matter. It the game shows, especially I loved the Nickelodeon game shows, um, you know, like guts and even like the trivia shows where it's like, if you don't get the answer right, you get slimed. So like, <laughs> I loved them all. Um, but all that was something different. It was cool. It was edgy. Um, it, it, it was SNL for kids, and I loved every part of it. And I especially loved Kel. And I still do. I do. I do. Ooh. Um, that's because Is Kel. That a reference? Yes, Kel loves orange soda. Yes, he does. Um, Did you do a where, where is he now? Because I've been curious about Kel. Uh, Kel actually has a decent career. It's uh, he's not on he's not an A-lister by any means, but I I did uh, a lot of research on where are they now. And um, I just found that they weren't all that interesting. It turns out that all these people were kind of taken care of pretty well by Nickelodeon in terms of having a career. Um, They would appear in other Nickelodeon shows, now as like moms or uncles or crazy weathermen or something. Yeah. Um, I know he did voiceover. And I I heard an interview with uh, Kenan Thompson recently, and he's always talking about Cal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's got to be tough. I mean... You know, us coming from the improv world, there's so many times where, like, you're on an improv team with someone, and then, like, suddenly they're on Saturday Night Live if you're living yeah. in New York. And it's like, that's got to be tough for, like, <laughs> Cal, yeah. where it's like his his comedy partner not only went to SNL, but, like, is SNL. Yeah, still there. <laughs> the longest-running cast member of all time. You're like, yeah, I was there when you started out, and I was kind of better than you. Yeah, that's the crazy <laughs> thing. <laughs> SNL couldn't handle Kel's talent. No. Um, but 
I wasn't consciously thinking when I was a kid and I was watching all that. I wasn't thinking like, I want to be one of them or like, I want to be an actor. At that point, I was still banking on becoming a professional baseball player. <laughs> oh, wow. How's that going? Uh, not good, Rachel. Um, probably should have leaned in earlier, but, uh, yeah. you know. That, it's just the, your parents the, didn't bring the, you to those auditions. They did not. They brought me to baseball <laughs> practice 20 minutes late. Um, but clearly, watching this show did lay the groundwork for comedy in my future. And I, I still think it's funny. I still love the aesthetic. In fact, it was way better on rewatch than I was expecting it to be. Um, Rachel, I want to know, what were your impressions of all that? Yeah. Uh, like I said, I was really blown away by Kel. I just thought he was so funny. Um, I was really surprised at how, like you said, we laughed out loud at yeah. various times. I was like, this is surprising. Yeah. Like, you know, and you know, I was thinking about it, like, why didn't I watch this show? Cause it was a sketch comedy show at the time I was in a sketch and improv group mm-hmm. that wrote our own sketches and performed all the time. Yeah. The kids did not write the sketches. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, but uh, we also had some adult writers, half pine players represent. That was my team. Um, but it's because I was, it was because it came out when I was in high school and I did not watch television in high school. I realized like mm-hmm. I, I, we were talking about it the other night that like I watched TV in the eighties when as like a child. And then I started, then I studied television production in college, which we've talked about on the show before. But I did not really watch TV until like Netflix came out with streaming, basically. And now I can't stop. It's the best thing ever. I watch tons of television. But I took a, a hearty break in the middle there. Um, so, yeah. But um, one of my favorite things that we got to see, we, we obviously only watched like two episodes of all that. But there was this sketch with Keenan. It was so funny. The whole premise of the sketch is he is an old lady on the beach who loves peas. Okay. All right. So to give some context here, th- we're talking about Miss Pidlin. Oh, uh, there's Miss Pidlin is the uh, lunch lady. He is a lunch lady. And the lunch lady loves peas and mm. gets very angry when someone disrespects Peas. So that's hilarious. That I didn't realize that backstory because the one we saw, she was on the beach, so I didn't know right. she was a like lunch this lady. This is like a callback where it's like, oh, now right. we've got Matt Foley in a different sense. environment, right? That yeah. makes so much more sense. Yeah. I was just like, why does she love peas? And I wrote down in my notes, this sketch idea is just, what if an old lady was all about peas? And that's genius. I mean, <laughs> it's not that far off. I mean, that's the thing is... What I really thought was great is that the kids really run with their idea. Uh, in a sketch that you didn't get to see called Ask Ashley, it's an Amanda Bynes sketch where she's reading letters from people. And she's like, uh, uh, Ask Ashley, that's me. And she'll be like reading like, Dan writes, uh, Ashley, that's me. Why uh, do my hands keep burning when I'm drinking hot chocolate? I pour the liquid into my hands, but it's hard to drink. And then she goes, thanks for writing, Dan. Put it in a stinking mug. (laughs) What kind of idiot doesn't put the liquid in the mug? Yeah. Thanks for writing, Dan. And every letter is like that, where it's like some stupid letter, and then she blows her gasket and then collects herself. And it's just like... 
That's the whole idea. That's all these kids need to perform the hell out of these sketches. That just reminded me of a commercial in the 90s called The Snapple Lady. Mm. Did you ever, are you familiar with The Snapple Lady? Are we going to do a commercial episode? We may may need to. But yeah, it was, this lady was The Snapple Lady and she was just like, reading letters Mm -hmm. from people who liked Snapple. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the halftime players, my, my sketch group, we did a parody of the Snapple lady. Um, But we did not have Amanda Bynes. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, We did have Danielle Kaplitz, Dan Levy. Oh, by the way, I texted Danielle and Dan because I was like, did, did anybody audition for all that? Cause I thought maybe some of the people, so because I was on the sketch team and we were so close in proximity to New York city. Mm. I always felt like our directors, Lynn and Lori always brought like some of the half pints to New York to audition for stuff, Mm. but I was never brought. And I was Mm. like, what the hell? And they wrote me back. They were like, we, no one auditioned for all that. But Mary Kate Boland, who you met Mm. Mary Kate did audition for Clarissa. Oh yeah. Which, you know, Mary Kate, can't you see that? She's got that face. Oh, absolutely. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, they also, one other thought was that um, they had a sketch that we watched on all that called Vital Information. Yes. Which was kind of like their version of Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy. Yeah, they, it was the only sketch that ran all six of the original seasons every episode. So I think in their mind, they thought it was their weekend update. Um, oh, but the, that's the, funny. the premise of the sketch is way closer to. Uh, uh, to deep thoughts because like we said um, here, here's an example of a, of a vital information. It's not good to bite off more than you can chew, especially if what you're chewing on is a human brain, right? Like, can't you hear that as a, a deep thought by Jack Handy, mm-hmm. right? Like we might be able to mix up some vital information in Jack Handy and you'd only, you could only tell the difference by how many times, the principal's butt is mentioned. And as a kid, I loved Deep Thoughts with Jack Kenny. Now, we should say, we should give a shout out right now to Ada Barbudo, who is one of our biggest fans on this show. And Ada is... Shout out, Ada. Shout out to Ada. I'm Unfortunately, Ada, I apologize because I'm not going to get your age exactly right. But Ada is definitely younger than 12, okay? okay. I think Ada is around 10. She loves our show. So for Ada, you probably don't know what Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy is. Oh, okay. Right? Right, right. And so that was a, a recurring sketch on Saturday Night Live where someone, there, no one even came on screen. It was just text on the screen that would appear and would just say something. You'd have a voiceover. And it yeah. had voiceover, yeah. And it would just say something like. The one that always sticks with me is. Yeah. It's sad to see a family ripped apart by something as easy as wild dogs. <laughs> exactly and then it would just go and this has been deep, deep thoughts. thoughts with jack candy <laughs> yeah, yeah so there you go ada uh but also that vital information similarly on all that was just like a couple one-liners one-liners and then they're like and that was vital information yeah. and what i said to sam is i just realized that that became twitter it's right. just like yeah. you got 120 characters chill out whatever yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But, um, I really enjoyed watching all that. And, um, I, I have some thoughts on the intersection between these two topics. Oh, let's if get you're into ready. it. Yeah. So I think the main thing that stood out to me based on this conversation, babe, because this conversation is all about bridging our generation gap. Right. Of course. 
But uh, both shows laid the groundwork for our artistic dreams. Now, I really wanted to be a pop star or like sing in some kind of group <laughs> that got to perform at the place. Uh-huh. Now, that didn't exactly happen, but right. I do perform regularly and right. write songs and stuff. You obviously wanted, you know, to do comedy and, and look at us now. We're right. doing all You're sorts of musicals. You're a professional comedian and I have a musical theater company. <laughs> yeah, maybe Wait we should Wait a minute. We became each other's dream. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Another thing that I think there was an intersection, besides the fact of just like kids having their own show, kids doing it for kids is the backstage area of like, mm-hmm. there's a green room and there's beanbag chairs. And like, yeah. this is where the group meets off stage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. It felt like that, like that cast camaraderie, like they knew each other and they use their real names. Yes. The characters names are their real names. Yes. And yes. same with kids incorporated. Right. 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 Yeah. That's a good observation. There yeah. you go. Yeah. There you have it. Is that it? Is that all the intersection we've got? Is that, I, that's a couple things. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, it's geared for the same crowd. Um, yeah. Just, just amazing. This well, one has been really interesting. Yeah. This has been so much fun. This is, I've, I've really wanted to go back and watch Kids Incorporated. So thank you for giving me an excuse to do so. I wasn't like itching to watch all that, but now I'm like a fan. Like, yeah. I feel same. like I need an all that t-shirt or something. Ooh, yeah. I'll put it on the list. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was amazing. Before we head out, I see a... Did you say before we had out? Before we hat out. Before we had of time. Oh my gosh. What is that floating hat over there? Oh, this? Yeah. Rachel, you don't know what this is? This is the hat of time. Wait, I know the hat of time. It's yeah. a mystical hat. Yes. It contains all things nostalgia, especially from 1996 to 2008, a.k.a. our specific generation gap, right? Yes. Well, I mean, that's what happens when we dip our hands into the hat of time. But if somebody was older Mm. and were to dip their hands into the hat of time, they would see something from their past. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've been studying uh, temporal hats for a good long time now. And if Ada, who's younger than us, dipped her hand into the hat of time, it would show stuff from her past. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, maybe from a few years ago. All right. Well, I'm going to dip my hand into the hat of time. Unless you want to. No, please do. All right. Here we go. Ouch. It's biting me. Ooh, careful. Women weren't allowed to work back then. All right. (laughs) The hat of time (laughs) says food from childhood. Popular food from childhood. Oh, oh, that's damn. interesting. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a doozical. I I can go first. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> um, a couple things come to mind, um, but the the first thing is something that came up in conversation for us like a week ago, and it's Elio's Pizza. So, for anyone unfamiliar, it was. Uh, I think it was big in probably when I was in high school, I would guess, like maybe the 90s, early 90s. Elio's Pizza, it was toaster oven pizza. It was in the shape of, it was a rectangle. And it was like, I don't know. It was honestly, (laughs) 
I know the audience can't see it, but it's the size of this board game that happens to be in front of me right now. What what size would you call this? I'd call it like um, maybe like half of an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. Yeah, if you folded that in half. Yeah, half ha- of an eight hamburger and a half. hamburger yeah. way. It it was like that would be one slice of Elio's. I, I think it would come with and it, they were wrapped in plastic. You'd pop them in the toaster, and it was like toaster oven pizza, and it. It was covered in ice from the freezer, but for some reason I was like, this stuff's amazing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, So that comes to mind, as does shake and bake. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, you seem intrigued. Yeah. I didn't know you were shaking and baking as Uh, a kid. I wasn't shaking and baking, but the commercials were on a lot. I think I actually shake and baked when I was in college and I was trying to like learn how to cook Mm -hmm. and it was just like, oh, it's breadcrumbs. All right. You could just put them on. You don't really need to shake them, right? Yeah, you just shake and bake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, when I think about childhood food, the first thing that comes to mind is hamburger helper cheeseburger macaroni. Oh, totally. My family, um, you know, we lived on a large estate with several horses and many servants, and we (laughs) enjoyed our hamburger helper cheeseburger macaroni. In fact, uh, not too long ago during the pandemic, you know, we all had to do things to cope. And I uh, made myself some cheeseburger macaroni from the box, just Mm -hmm. like I remember my mom making. Um, And I did love it. (laughs) The nostalgia of just the the melty cheese and the hamburger (laughs) was so good and and filling. And I still would have it in an instant. I feel like it sticks to my ribs and I love it. Um, and you were disgusted by it, I and it oh, really hurt my feelings. Oh, no, Sam, I wasn't disgusted by it, but I didn't love it like you do. Yeah. And I bet you feel the same way about Elio's pizza. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> if you made me Elio's pizza, I'd be like, what, is, what about this? I wonder if they yeah. still make it. Anyway, that's... That's all that's in the hat of time today. Yeah. I will see you again, my temporal friend. Oh, my God. The hat of time spoke? Denise, can you look into this, place? I spoke to it. I said, oh, I will see you. you again, my temporal friend. Oh, okay. Denise, you're off the hook. <laughs> uh, but if you'd like to submit a hat of time event, we need more events. We do, all right? clearly. The hat is getting empty. It's getting tired and it's losing its magic. Please fill it with ideas. And if you want to submit them, do that at Sam and Rachel Comedy on Instagram or Facebook, or by emailing us at rayroast, that's R-A-E-R-O-E-S-T, rayroast, at gmail.com. Babe, this was another excellent bridging of the gap. I know. What happens when we just cross over? Like, when we finally bridge the gap, will you be six years younger and I'll be six years older? Yeah, eventually I'll just be on the other side of the bridge, and then you'll be on the other side of the bridge and then we'll have to bridge that gap yeah where it's like i finally become the comedian and you finally become the musician oh god that is gonna be incredible yeah yeah well until then i've been sam i've been rachel and this has been sam and rachel's generation gap never stop jenning and never stop gapping hit it with the guitar so much for listening to this episode of Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sam and Rachel Comedy. And if you like the show, please rate us highly on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap is produced by Sam DeRose and Rachel Rosenthal with editing from Jack Barton. Our music is by Douglas Wydick and Sweet Tea Studios. Our artwork is by Aaron Maybe Designs. And the snuggles are provided by Rosie the Galga. 